7 out of 10 proctologists recommend listening to The Drew Marshall Show. All right, folks, moving along. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca, but we're live on Real Radio in Southern Ontario, Joy 1250. Evangelist, doctor, reverend, and any other moniker you want to put on there, Billy Graham is one of the few personalities who could unite 101 individuals from different faiths, cultures, and political ideologies. Uh, for the first time in its 20-year history, Chicken Soup for the Soul, that old series of books, is uh, releasing a one-of-a-kind tribute book composed of stories and recollections honoring a single individual. All 101 contributors to Chicken Soup for the Soul, Billy Graham and me, recognize Mr. Graham's unique ability to inspire leaders from diverse disciplines, faiths, and all sharing their respect and appreciation for the evangelist's extraordinary influence over the last six decades, folks. In addition to stories from every living U.S. president and many other influential world leaders, the book contains tributes from artists and athletes like uh, Winona Judd, Charlie Daniels, Dan Rather, Larry King, Kathy Lee Gifford, uh, Cheryl Ladd, who I think will be on our show next week. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, Kevin Sorbo. I don't know much about that guy. Let's see if we can get a hold of him on the phone and find out what he does for a living. Uh, is this Mr. Sorbo? This is. You got him. <laughs> How are you? And thank you for coming back to Canada on the Drew Marshall Show. I understand you are just about ready to get on a plane or something like that. I am. I'm actually close to Canada right now. I'm in uh, Fargo, North Dakota. I came back to, to deliver a speech at my uh, old alma mater, Moy State University, during their fundraiser for the alumni annual banquet, and uh, had a great time walking on memory lane, walking through campus, and that wonderful five-degree weather here. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad the gig went well last night. Uh, Hercules in Hercules, the legendary journeys, Captain Dylan Hunt and Andromeda, Call and Call the Conqueror, and almost, almost Superman and Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, if it wasn't for that lousy Dean Kane. Um, the, the, the last time <laughs> it you... worked out pretty good. It all worked out good. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> last time you were on our show, uh, we were plugging Soul Surfer, and I still hate you for that because uh, I went to that movie with another guy, and I ended up crying. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool. <clears throat> well, I got, I, got a new, I got a new one that just came out right now. It's on... Uh, it's on uh, Amazon or Walmart stores. It's called uh, Abel's Field. It's through Sony Studios, the same people I did Soul Surfer with. I would hope to get theatrical, but they decided to go DVD with it. But it's a wonderful movie. It's sort of a modern-day Cain and Abel meets Friday Night Lights. So have your listeners check that out. And you can check it out yourself and get the Kleenex box ready. Stop it. Uh, let me give you the little setup for this. Left motherless by tragedy and fatherless by abandonment, high school senior Seth McArdle is under enormous pressure to support his young twin sisters. At home, he has no one to turn to. At work, he struggles to earn enough money to make ends meet. And at school, he endures the daily bullying from members of the football team. How am I doing? Pretty good. You should have done the voiceover for the trailer for Kyle <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do you feel about Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, playing Hercules in the new Paramount and MGM 2014 release of uh, Brett Ratner's Hercules? You know, I just I know Dwayne. We worked at the same gym for many years together. He's a great guy. And uh, I got to tell you, if they don't come up and give me a, a cameo role on that, they're idiots. <laughs> Hercules is still in 100 countries around the world. 
and uh, my agent's trying to get me to meet with these guys, and we're getting resistance. It's amazing. It's like you got to be kidding me. You wouldn't. You're not going to put me in something that I played for seven years on TV, became the most watched show in the world. Yeah. But you know, welcome to Hollywood. You know, what are you going to do? Seriously, I know you're a big fan of Hollywood. <laughs> I've been reading your tweets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, listen, did you go to Sundance again this year? I did. I went up there and had a great time. Had a bunch of meetings. Took my kids skiing, and uh, we just had a wonderful time. It's the best time to ski up there in Deer Valley and in Park City because everybody's doing schmoozing on the on the main street, so the little slopes are wide open. Yeah, I know that uh, you and Ashley Simpson were interested in some moisturizer from the swamps of Austria. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I read that somewhere that you and Ashley Simpson were were you know going along the uh, the aisle where people are promoting their products, giving them to you, and then taking a picture of you holding their product. And apparently, you were oh, interested in yeah. some some moisturizer from the swamps of Austria. Uh, how's my how's my how's my journalistic integrity doing? It's pretty darn good. I, I guess I probably picked some up for my wife or something. I don't know. I, I don't. I have no recall of these. Yeah, I'm sure the moisturizer I'm up, was. I'm up to ski. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about all these golf tournaments. Frank Sinatra Celebrity Invitational, the Patrick Warburton Celebrity Golf Tournament. Uh, then you do a little ski classic. Uh, and then there's the Brain Foundation uh, thing. that you. One of these things is not like the other, but uh, they all sound like uh, worthy causes. Except that Patrick Warburton Celebrity Golf Tournament. I mean, seriously, what good has he done lately? You know, he's on Rules of Engagement. That's a very funny show. <laughs> you know, and he's the voice. He's the voice of Joe the cop. He's the voice of everything, you know, and and, and Family Guy and all these other things he does. He, Patrick is actually the first actor I met on the driving range at Rancho Park Golf Course near the uh, Fox Studios there down in L.A. So he's a, I've, known, I've known him a long time. Good guy, great guy. You know, I'll go, if it's a golf tournament, I'm going to go. <laughs> if I'm not working, I'm there. Um, is it true, uh, Hercules, that uh, you attended a Billy Graham crusade when you were younger? I did. I was uh, I was in seventh grade. We did uh, the church. I was uh, a member at St. John's Lutheran Church in my little town of Mound, Minnesota, on the beautiful shores of Lake Minnetonka, home, home to Tonka Toys. Um, we went there, and uh, it was an amazing, amazing evening for me. I've always been a Christian. I'm, you know, don't off with the perfect life. That's for sure. That's what I've but, heard. Um, but, but you know, it's uh, it was it was wonderful. It was a wonderful uh, experience for me, and I remember it, you know, very clearly to this day. I know this is a very unfair question, but I've often wondered if there's going to be some sort of supernatural schism or change, like a change in the force, so to speak, when Billy Graham passes. You know, he just seems to be like the last of that kind. Um, well, he's, he's amazing. But, you know, what's, what's interesting is I'm going to do a movie called Persecuted, but my character is a Billy Graham type of character. It's a faith-based movie, but it's a, it's an action faith-based movie. I get... I get framed for the murder of an 18-year-old student, and uh, I, I become a fugitive on the run, a father fugitive on the run to prove my innocence. And it's pretty—it's a pretty cool script. And we're about half funded right now. And it looks like we're going to shoot it in North Carolina. So it's—I uh, like to use him as my, my my motivation. If you had the opportunity to—and uh, I'm assuming you haven't—but if you had the opportunity to to uh, to meet Billy Graham uh, just once. I mean, I wonder. I've often wondered what I would say to to doctor. You know, here's one guy. Like, I don't get flustered meeting anybody, dude. You're Hercules, but you don't make you don't scare me. You don't. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't oh, quiver. I should. Me. I should though. I should scare you. <laughs> you should scare me. But no. but if I was to you, if you know, I, if, okay. I, if I if I was to meet Doctor Reverend Billy Graham, ah, there I'd be a little shaky. You know what? I'd challenge him to an arm wrestling tournament. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, you are a wise guy. Uh, do you? Ha- is there anybody else that you would say that you look up to? Uh, you know, or you have looked at as a sort of a spiritual mentor over the years, and you and you're not allowed to say Jesus. I'm not allowed. Okay, that takes him out of that loop. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I. It, it, that's that's hard to say. It would certainly wouldn't be Reggie. Uh, it wouldn't be uh, Jackson or Al Sharpton. No. <laughs> No, um, I've actually met both of them. I wasn't impressed. And uh, <laughs> um, let's see, who would I like to meet? I, you know, I'd really, love to meet the Pope, obviously. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you better, uh, you better, Cabezo, my, you better get in there quick. Cabezo got to meet him. Oh, I know, I know. But uh, I did go there. I was shooting a movie in Malta a couple of years back, and uh, we had four days off during Easter, so I flew up to Rome and just fell in love with it, and I went to uh, the Easter at the Vatican there, and he came out and did his little hand-waving thing, and I thought, okay, this is cool. I'm here with hundreds of thousands of people, and it was just it was a pretty neat experience, one of those bucket list things for me. Here's a little quote from the cha- from your chapter in the book, and we won't keep you long. We've got, uh, we've got Larry King, who's going to follow you. And uh, By the way, do you have any dirt on Larry King, just while we're on that topic? No, I don't. I met, I met him a few times through the years. I never got on his show. I think they asked me one time to come on the show because they wanted to point out the violence on television and they, and they considered Hercules part of that. And I said, have you ever watched Hercules? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you should look at Dexter and compare the two. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to put us in that vein, really? That same club? Yeah, that's, so, I don't know. I, I, I declined to go on a show. That was years ago. Um, okay, here's a bit from your uh, chapter. In a movie called The Persecuted, we talked about that, I played a Billy Graham-type character. The movie takes a dim view of governments that restrict religious freedom. Boy, this really is aligning with your Twitter feed. Uh, there's a senator <laughs> who is trying to pass a bill for a one-religion state, and I'm the biggest thorn in his side. My character says, you can't dumb down my religion, and you must allow everybody, Buddhists, Muslims, Lutherans, whatever, let them have the speech they want to have within their own religion. That's part of freedom of speech. Um, I guess that's kind of a, an interesting segue into how do you really feel about the state of your country right now? Oh, gosh. <laughs> we, uh, let me put it this way. Every European friend that I have in L.A., every European friend I know in Europe, um, but all the ones that I know in, in, in America have also the same thing over these last three, four years. They said the reason they left Europe was because of what's exactly happening in this country right now. And, and let's face it, let's not, let's not deny what we're doing in this country, that, that the government is getting stronger and taking more and more control and more, more things away from the, from the people that elect these people that go and work for us. They keep forgetting that, I believe, in, in D.C. So things, things are changing, and that's changing for the worse in the, in the country. Look, we're talking about just a dumbing down of America. I've known after school program now for 16 years, but you look at America, California as a whole, California is now 50th in the, in the country, 50th. We're the worst public educated state in the country. Mississippi held that crown for years. And we're very proud that we took it away from them. But as a whole, you know, it was in the top five in the world back in the 50s and 60s. They're 57th. They rank 57th in the world on education. Because, you know, we, we, don't, we, we don't want people to feel bad. No. We no. want people, everybody, everybody gets a trophy. Every, you know, the celebration of mediocrity is what we do in America now. And it's not what made America great. What made America great was not government. It was the individuals. And that's disappearing. And it's unfortunate. Do you hang out with uh, John Ratzenberger much at all? Um, no, but I know John. I mean, we did a movie together, a wonderful movie called What If. I would love people to go check it out, What yeah. If, and um, I think they'd love that. But 
I, I don't see John that often. He used to live in my area, not that far away, but he's kind of going back and forth between, um, I think, Rhode Island and L.A. now. No, I, I mean, I brought that up because every time uh, John and I uh, have a chat or have lunch together, the, you know, it's just, it's a very, you guys talk the same language is what I'm saying. So, anyway. Um, uh, we're from the same school of common sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, listen, Kevin, first of all, thank you for uh, for being another guy that I can point to and say, uh, to uh, to young kids, you know, there's a guy. You know, I I know you shy away from this. You don't want to be you know labeled a hero or say whatever. But you, you you're someone that actually we can look up to. We've we've lost the days of heroes. So what I'm saying is, uh, Kevin, don't screw it up, man. Okay, just continue. I'll do my best. Continue you label to label me as a lover. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, I just want to let you uh, go by asking how are Sam and the kids? All three. Well, you have three kids, right? One of each. Well, I, I, we have a boy, boy, and a girl. We have, uh, my, my, I'm getting back tonight, uh, back to back to L.A. And tomorrow, I got my boys got to track me in the morning, and the other ones got a basketball in the afternoon. So I go, I got to get back and enjoy those things because they're a lot of fun, and those years go by awfully quick. Well, that's good. Listen, man, again, thank you for uh, for agreeing to kind of write that chapter uh, in this book, Billy Graham and Me. And uh, Kevin, always appreciate you on our show. Uh, you're 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 a good guy, man. I actually like you. Well, Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm actually I'm coming up to I'll uh, be in Toronto at a convention up there in, in early May, and then I'll uh, be in Ottawa for an autograph up there as well. So I'm, I'm heading back up to the Great North. All right. Well, uh, you have an open door policy in our show. Matter of fact, you can co-host it if you want. I don't. I won't even show up. You just take my show. Okay, that'll be fun. All right, Kevin. Thanks, man. You take care. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. Follow me on KevinSorbo.net. KevinSorbo.net. Yeah, I, I'm actually. <laughs> I, okay, you're taking my job. When you hung up, I was going to tell everyone about your True Strength book, about your tell website. Tell oh, okay. my I'll leave it in your hands. Okay, thanks, man. Right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. That's funny. Kevin Sorbro on the Drew Marshall Show. You know him, right? Hercules. You know him. That would be good if he had a cameo in the upcoming uh, 2014 release of Hercules with The Rock. Here's a book that you want to get, truestrengthbook.com. That's his story, The Legendary Journeys. Kevin Sorbo uh, portrayed an invincible demigod. He relished living the part, putting in 14, I heard it was 18-hour days on the set, doing his own stunts and relentlessly working out at the gym until one day it all came apart. It really came, came to an abrupt end. He had multiple strokes. And, uh, boy, that was a scary time for him. Scary time. But uh, uh, he's still plugging along. He's still uh, doing great work. Kevin Sorbo is who we were chatting with. And he contributed one chapter in this book called Billy Graham and Me, 101 Inspiring Personal Stories from Presidents, Pastors, Performers, and Other People Who Know Him Well. Uh, I have shared this story. Oh, I can't even count how many times on air. I interviewed a gentleman uh, that some people would recognize. He had this television show where he interviewed people. And uh, what's his name again? Um, um, Drew Marshall? Larry King, I right. think, is his name. And I asked him a question about, uh, about Billy Graham. And I would like to uh, go over that one more time. Kind of like a dream sequence, if you don't mind. So let's pretend that Larry King is with us one more time. Okay. Uh, Larry, how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you for joining us on the Drew Marshall Show. Um, uh, I remember asking you this question a little while ago. Uh, it, it was something about every time you have Billy Graham on the show, you talk about death, and I asked you if you were scared of death, scared of dying. Do you remember what your answer was? I said I was. Yes, you did. You said, okay. actually, to quote you, you said, you bet your ass I am. So that yeah, would be... I am, uh, for sure, because uh, it's, uh, it's the great unknown, and... Uh, 
I am amazed at people who uh, are married to someone who believes in the afterlife. I know uh, Billy Graham, as you mentioned, participated in this book, and I know he believes. I'm amazed that they can make that leap. It's called the leap of faith. I've never been able to make the leap. And oddly enough, I know some people, the older they get, the closer they get to the belief. The older I get, the less I believe. So I don't... I, I used to say I'm an agnostic. I'm probably an atheist. I, I just can't. I just can't buy it. It's, uh, I just can't buy it. I just... I respect it. I, in a sense, sometimes envy those who believe uh, they're going to go somewhere. Uh, I just, I've interviewed too many people, and I've never got the right answers. Yeah, and, and look, I, you know, I've struggled with this myself, and here I am. I'm the host of a of a, a spiritual talk show, and I'm I have struggled forever with doubt, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on our show. You know, here you are, a guy who grew up uh, uh, with a Jewish background. Uh, you consider yourself agnostic slash atheist, and you're married to a Mormon. You know, you were the perfect guest for my show. <laughs> I guess. Well, Billy, Billy always told me that I was very spiritual. Uh, I don't know what that means. Really. I, I, I know the term. Right. And uh, Billy thought that I had a, that God had a plan for me. I, mean, I, I know Billy believes it. I don't believe. <laughs> yeah. But I love Billy and I have great respect for him and uh, for all he's accomplished. I just don't believe his belief. That don't mean I can't respect him. He was always been a great guest. I know he always watched me. I just had a recent letter from him. I was happy to participate in the book. I think there's going to be a television special about him. If they want me in that, I'll be happy to do anything they want on that. I just don't share his beliefs. Uh, Larry, can I ask you a question? If you were ever interviewing, uh, you know, a big media mogul like yourself, and the uh, let's say he was on a telephone line, and the telephone line was bad, it was cra- it was crackly, and you could you couldn't really hear them that well. Would you just keep going with the interview because you didn't want that to lose that guest, or would you ask for that guest to call back? I asked him, are you having that problem now? Yes. Are you <laughs> yes, I am. You sound like you're working at McDonald's right now. Boy, you sound loud and clear to me. I sound like, I feel like you're in the same room with me. Tim will put you on hold. I'll do a little uh, time filling, and you guys can work out the communication details. But you're ju- I just love what you say, and I don't want to miss it. So if you don't mind the embarrassment of going through this, it's 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 my shame. It's not yours. Tim, if you could take care of that, that would be great. Uh, folks, I uh, want to let you know more about this book. Evangelist Billy Graham, of course, is one of the few personalities who could unite 101 individuals from different faiths, uh, cultures, uh, political ideologies. And for the first time in its 20-year history, the, the book series Chicken Soup for the Soul, you know that, they're releasing one-of-a-kind tribute book composed of stories and recollections honoring a single individual. How did that work out, Tim? Are we able uh, to get li- Mr. Little King better? back? They're a little crackles, but I think the crackles are better. It's like okay. The- Again, joining us on the phone is uh, Larry King, uh, a gentleman I have admired for years. Uh, just uh, he's a genius in the broadcasting field. He's uh, one of the most respected. Uh, you see how good I am there at sucking up to you? Not bad. You see now, if Billy could only contact God, you wouldn't have crackles. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, when you came to uh, Fallsview a Casino up here, you and Sean came, and Sean, beautiful singer, beautiful-looking woman, and uh, what a performer. And then you you did sort of some storytelling stuff. I thought, 
Well, what's that going to be like? You know, I, I went in with a little bit of pessimism. Can I just say, uh, Larry, you are one of the best storytellers, maybe in the top three as far as I'm concerned. You tell a great story. Well, thank you. I've always, uh, I, I, I don't know where that came from, uh, but I always had that ability. When I was a kid, I would go and see games, basketball, baseball games. I'd come back and tell the guys all about it. I just was able to have a natural... I don't know where it came from. I got a natural frame of reference. The ability to describe things, to tell a story, to make people laugh. I love humor. I, I think if I hadn't gone into radio and television, I'd have been a stand-up comic. I, 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 timing, no one taught me that. I never went to broadcast school. I never went to storytelling school. I, I think that certain things you would call them God-given, I, I don't know where they came from. It, it, I have a natural curiosity... I just have that, I don't know where it came from. I just had always, for example, most kids would go to ball games. they want autographs, I used to ask questions. Yeah. I, uh, I was always that way, I was always curious, and I was always able to frame a reference, to know a story, tell a story, know how to deal with a punchline, but I don't know where it came from. Uh, let me ask you, uh, finally, uh, Larry, if you don't mind, and again, thanks for joining us, uh, Larry King on the phone. Uh, on the crackly phone, I might add. Uh, what do you think is the is the difference? What sets aside Dr. Graham from the likes of a Joel Osteen or a uh, or a, a Benny Hinn or a uh, uh, even a Rick Warren? Uh, what sets aside Dr. Graham? Well, one, he has he has great delivery. The people you mentioned also have very good delivery. I would call his Graham's delivery was great. He had the ability to inspire. And he had that that great projection. Billy knew how to capture an audience. Uh, the, Rick Warren is a very friendly, very familiar. Rick, Rick Warren is like he's like your uncle. Right. You know, he's coming over to a visit on Sunday afternoon. Joe <laughs> Steen is your nephew. He's a bright kid. He's doing better. Billy Graham is. Um, Billy Graham is larger than life. Billy Graham is a presence. In other words, Billy is one of those people in life who uh, walk into a room and change the room. Uh, Bill Clinton has that. You can't manufacture that. And so he had that. In addition to great voice and great delivery, a great presence, a sense of presence. And I don't think you can teach that. He just had whatever it was, as when William Randolph Hearst started to promote Billy Graham, he used those terms, push Graham. Uh, Graham just, he is what he is. is Billy is Billy. He's never William. <laughs> he's Billy. Very he's, he's, he's the last, I think, of the great, the great, the great theologians who, uh, who, uh, who preach uh, uh, coming to God, who preach born again, who, oh, okay. who preach belief. I think he's just, uh, he's a natural. If um, if Billy Graham begged you, Larry, I mean begged you with te- with authentic tears in his eyes and a, and, a, and a pleading like you'd never seen, if he begged you to just, just reconsider... Uh, 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 surrendering your life to a creator, to God, to being a follower of Jesus, as he would put it. How do you think you would respond to that? 
I don't know. I, first of all, I can't picture him begging. No. Uh, I don't know. I would probably respect him. I would try to figure out how to do it because I don't even know how to do it. I, I know that George Bush told me that Billy Graham told him that same thing that you just mentioned. And George Bush, this is 43, George Bush 43, uh, went to a, a, a pasture or a mountain somewhere and he just dealt it. I've never had that feeling. Uh, I, you know, my wife tells me, well, read the Book of Mormon or read the Bible. Ask God to come into your life. I can't, I just, it doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen for me. So, for goodness sake, I would try, but I, I'm so blocked by, by intellect. My intellect gets in the way. It just gets in the way. And I, I can't open myself to that belief. It's, uh, I look at it as, you know, I wish I, I it's, it's sort of a superstition to me, uh, these beliefs that you're going somewhere and that someone is looking after you and you have a personal God. I don't get good answers to questions. I explain to me Connecticut and those children. Yeah. I've asked that of great leaders. I've asked of the Billy Grahams and the others. I never got a good answer. We can't question the ways of the Lord. Well, those children are now with God, or he wanted them to be with... I think that's... Yeah. To me, absurd. No, I listen, I... I think one of the reasons you you're you're one of my favorite guests over the last ten years, and I don't say that as a suck up. I mean that genuinely, Larry, is because I resonate with your thinking. I resonate with your struggles. I, I'm I'm in the I'm on the God Squad, but I'm barely on the God Squad. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, see, I don't consider it a struggle because I don't wake up in the morning looking for the meaning of life. <laughs> I I just don't. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I while I'm, my curiosity is immense. That's a search that takes me nowhere. So I don't call it a struggle. I would, I'd, I'd like to be frozen when I die with the hope that, uh, that someday whenever I die, they cure the disease and they can bring me back. That would give me a modicum of hope. My wife says to me, yeah, but you wouldn't know anybody if they cured the disease in 100 years. I said, I'd make new friends. <laughs> Someone asked me, how would you like your obituary to read? I'll give you the first line. Oldest man that ever lived passed away today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or what was Groucho Marx? I, 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 don't, I don't want to take the bet. And um, I, I think people reach out to live as long as they can be. Even the strongest believer wants to live. Right. Well said. Well, again, uh, listen, it's your third time on our show. You are... Time, man. I, you're a great host. I love being with you. I love being a part of this book. And anytime you want me, you got me. Larry King, thank you. Thank you, my man. Take care. Take care. Larry King on the Drew Marshall Show. Folks, here are some uh, clips of uh, Reverend Doctor, Doctor Reverend, whatever you want to call him, the man. I don't think that's kosher, but we're doing it anyway. Uh, Billy Graham on a variety of television talk shows throughout the years. Have a listen to this. It's not a matter of what I believe. It's uh, what the Bible teaches, and the Bible teaches that this is uh, sex relations. Billy Graham and Woody Allen. Yeah, that's funny. To me, that would be like, uh, you know, like. Driving a car, you know, getting a driver's license without a learner's permit first. Well, well let, let's, uh, let's just, uh, let's just uh, see. Now, you know, we have to have rules to live by. 
And uh, what we're saying is we're going to play a baseball game without any rules. We're going to play a football game without any rules. We're going to live a life without any moral rules. Well, God has laid down certain rules and said, if you want the best of life and you want complete happiness and fulfillment, live by these rules. And one of those rules is that thou shalt not commit immorality. Ah, but wait a minute. But if you're, say you're dating a girl, right? Well, I, uh, I don't intend to date anyone. No, but I mean... <laughs> all the way God was teaching Israel, all through the Old Testament, that there was one God, only one, that we're to serve and we're to worship. Right, and that doesn't seem to you as, say, an egomaniacal position. On God's part? On God's part. Oh, no, God is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, when I look in the mirror in the morning, it's hard for me to believe that. <laughs> You know, in God's sight, you are beautiful. And, in, and everyone... <laughs> because, uh, because God loves all of us, and he has the hairs of our head numbered, he sees the sparrow fall, he's interested in every detail of your life. He made you like you are. He made you Woody Allen, and he expects you to live up uh, to a standard that he has made. And if you don't live up to it, then the Bible says you're falling short, and that's where you need God's help for redemption. You think everybody... Everybody has broken every commandment. No, yes, sir. He's with Johnny Carson. The Bible says if we break in one point, we're guilty of all. Oh, and then it. when Jesus came after Moses, he explained that the, that the Ten Commandments can be broken in your heart by thought and intent. You should see Johnny so Carson's in that face sense, on this. We're all uh, guilty. He just looks so the interested. The Bible says that everybody's a sinner. Even Ed is a sinner. <laughs> well, that <that's, laughs> comes as quite a surprise. They, they, they <laughs> I guess I just want to, I guess I'm just troubled by the fact that, that we have to put the seed of sin on the baby. Why don't we relax and just want well, just not awe me. at this I'm, wonderful... I'm, I'm telling you what the Bible teaches, not what I teach. Yeah, that's the part that troubles me. You know, I, I, I understand... But that... you have to come by faith, uh, Phil. Uh, you, you'll never be able to reason it out. If you try to reason it out, you're sunk. Uh, really? Yes. You agree? Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, we're trying, you know, Phil, what you're trying to do and what we're trying to do is to develop a God like ourselves. We, we do not want the revelation of God. We do not want God to say, I'm a God of judgment, I will judge you, and uh, so forth. We don't want that. Right. We want to make God in our image so that we become guilty of idolatry, which is the worst of all sins. Yeah. Wow, what some incredible uh, clips there. A montage of I'm Reverend Dr. Billy Graham. Me to run for an office, I've told them the same thing. And I would say it today as I said it then with even more authority. I intend to preach as long as I have the strength to do it.